They counted us out, now we need a division again At the top of the round, 17 and Jody with the hands AI 12 with the Divas, you know that we winning again AI 12 with the Divas, you know that we winning again They don't wanna see the squad, they just watch us beat the line They don't wanna see us blitz the number 52, he hits you from the side Hey guys, welcome back to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, episode 21. I'm Mitch Prestine. With me today, as always, BJ Cole. Oh, thank God he got it right that time. <laughs> We're on our third cake just for the intro alone. Third time's a charm, you know this. On top of today, we got our normal stuff, our NFL headlines, our trade segment, and then our trip around the NFC West. Yes, we're wrapping up. I think we only have two more after this, so... Yeah, even though we told them we'd uh, get them another one over the weekend, or over the beginning of last week it was. Yeah, and then we were late on this one, so... <laughs> yeah, we slapped <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right, let's get into it, then. We got a couple NFL headlines here. The first one, Corey Coleman was traded from the Browns to the Bills. How does it affect his fantasy value? Um, I actually think this opens up a perfect uh, secondary selling window for this guy. Um, I just don't think that he's going to produce that much in Buffalo. Um, there's not a quarterback there to throw him the ball, and really the offensive line is shit. So I just don't know how he's going to produce. So if you have him, you have the opportunity to sell him now. Sell him now before his price dips even lower. Yeah, I think it'll be tough for any Bills wide receiver to be relevant this season. I mean, if you really want to give it a shot, you may be able to get him for a fourth and hope he does something in the near future and he's not wasting a spot on your bench for too long. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I definitely wouldn't sell him for a fourth, but if I can get him for a fourth, then that's something to think about just because he is a player already in the NFL. So, Yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to the next one then. Martavis Bryant struggling to learn the Raiders' playbook. Is this the perfect buy-low opportunity? I think it is. Uh, Martavis Bryant has a lot of potential. Um, he shorted it with the Steelers, and I think that with the wide receiver situation in Oakland, they're going to be forced to um, play him throughout the course of the season. Um, with that, too, they did spend a third-round pick to get him in Oakland, so I don't think they're going to give him up on him that quick. Yeah, I agree. I think he's the perfect buy-low right now. And like you said, there's only two other real receivers on the Raiders, so I think they're forced to use them unless they want to play Seth Roberts a bunch like they have in the past. Yeah, and I and I wrote about it in an article, actually my first article that I wrote last week, that um, him and Jordy are two really good by lows at this point. Um, Jordy's kind of catching on steam throughout the preseason, but I think Martavis Bryant is still there to be a good by low for him. Yeah, all it takes is that one big play for Martavis, though, and he's yeah. right back there for everybody. Yeah, and then, then your by low is gone and you, you're paying up for him. Yep. All right, that does it. Other than a couple injuries, guys tore his ACL. That sucks. Yeah, uh, guys tore his ACL. Um, I don't know what <laughs> the Redskins are going to do there. Yeah, I'm kind of crying. <laughs> so, um, Someone else but what, what are your views of the first week of the preseason then? Like, people that really stood out for you. I mean, Saquon is one run. He proved he's a animal. Yeah, he's going to um, be good. We all know this. There were a couple other just big plays in general. I think Ray Ray McLeod was a pretty big sleeper this year, or this past week. He looked really good, just surprising coming from the Bills. And then uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he looked good too. Yeah, I was going to say, yep, um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling looked really good. Um, I love how he just 
really got behind all the DBs there, and he still proved that he could be, you know, not just a field stretcher. He can be a. a he had that play. one really impressive catch too, locking that guy's arm. Oh, in the end his, zone. Yeah, yeah, the touchdown catch. Another guy um, with the Packers that I like too was uh, ESB. Equinemius um, St. Brown. He he proved that he can be a guy that can stretch the field also and uh, go in between the tackles. And as a Packer fan, I got to say that Jamal Moore really depressed everybody. Yeah, he kind of shit the bed. And he was like their biggest riser through mini camps and OTAs and all that stuff. They were pretty high on him. Yeah, he was drastically outplayed by um, those two rookies and even that new guy that we brought Jake in. Kumaro. Yeah, so that's something to keep an eye on um, as the preseason progresses here. Yes. All right, so now we'll move on to our trades in our leagues. So I traded O.J. Howard, John Brown, and Alan Hearns for a 2019 first in Marquise Lee. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I, li- I like that trade for you. Um, this is a rebuilding team for you, so I think yes. trading away a tight end that I don't – the tight ends, to me, don't hold that much value. For a good uh, PPR wide receiver – and a uh, first-round pick is very good on your end. And like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of Alan Hearns out there, too, so I do like that trade for you a lot. Yeah, I think the main reason why I'm so happy about this is because I have a receiver who's been pretty decent the last couple of years. I got him back, and I traded away John Brown, always hurt, mm-hmm. who they have been saying looks really good right now, which kind of sucks. And then Alan Hearns, who's just all hype right now, and honestly, since their preseason game, I haven't heard a whole lot about him. Yeah, they actually said the Cowboys' offense has been struggling as a whole, so I think that was the perfect time for you to go out and sell Alan Hearns. So, um, yeah, like I said, that was a great trade for you. It helped you with the rebuild. You added on another first. I think you have two firsts for next year. Two nineteen firsts and two twenty firsts because of this next trade. Traded Marlon Mack and Charles Clay for a twenty twenty first. Yeah, again, um, with the situation in Indy, I don't want any part of that backfield. Um, I'm just kind of stuck with Marlon Mack now because I know I'm not going to get what I spent for him. Um, but I just don't want any part of it. And any given day, any three of those running backs can go in and be in the, be the guy. And as a fantasy owner, that's not what you want. Yeah, I uh, really like this trade for myself. In a rebuild, everyone knows it's important to get picks and more picks. And to get picks in the 2020 draft, which are be- slowly becoming more and more valuable right now, it's I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, whenever you can get a first-round pick, that's a nice thing, especially for a player like Marlon Mack. And so far, you did it twice this offseason, so good for you. Yes. <laughs> you, you suckered me in early this offseason, <laughs> so I was pretty junk at the time, so you can't really blame yeah, me Yeah, you much. can't. I did not date rape. You got it. <laughs> All right, uh, another trade by me. I was on a hot streak this week. Oh, I was in this one, too. Yeah, you were a part of it. But I traded the Browns defense in a 2019 third to BJ for Jack Doyle, the Cardinals defense, and a 2019 fifth. Yeah, um, honestly, I like this trade for both of us. You needed a tight end. Because you, you giving just up got, OJ. Yeah. I have Jordan Reed, but who knows about him. Yep, you needed a tight end for after giving up OJ. I had... A surplus of tight ends because I drafted Gasecki, so I think I had like five tight ends at the time. Yeah. Uh, between my taxi squad and my active roster. At and least. I didn't need that, so I was at first year going after George Kittle, and my price was too steep for him just because he could sit on my taxi squad if I needed him. Yeah. To. Um, and then he moved down to Doyle, and I was all for moving Doyle. Um, and I think, you know, defenses 
they're kind of a horse apiece there. I do like the Browns' defense for the long-term potential, but then again, it's only a defense. But getting a third in return for Doyle, I like a lot. Oh, did you write on mine? The bottom of mine? <laughs> I may have. Yeah, you totally did. I was so confused oh. looking at that. <laughs> so uh, here I was able to upgrade my defense, which in this league is pretty important because defenses can score a lot of points. And uh, my other defense is... Texans, I want to say. So having the Browns as my second defense wasn't great, and both these, both those defenses scored under like sixty points in this league last year. So yeah, I mean, I have Philly's defense ahead of the Browns, so I'm I'm content with that. Oh well, yeah, so. and then you still have another defense too. Yeah, but yeah, so I and then I was able to get a reliable starting tight end, so it works for me. Yep, and I mean, I I told you when you were going through the negotiations that with. Luck back. He's going to be a sustainable tight end. Oh yeah, this I agree too. I think him and Ebron will both be tight end ones because of it, mm-hmm. which I think we already talked about. Yeah. All right, well, one more trade, BJ. You made another trade. Two more trades. I didn't put one in yet. Oh, okay. So you traded George Kittle in a 2019 fifth for a 2020 second, 2020 third, and a 2019 fourth. Yeah, um, with this trade, I mean, I do like George Kittle as a player, but I have a surplus of tight ends there, and I'm a rebuilding team also in that league. So I think with Gusecki sitting on my taxi squad, I was going to roll with him knowing that this year was kind of a waste anyways, and there's no way I was going to build my team to get, get in contention. My goal this year is to build my team so I can build my team next year to try to get into contention for the following year. That's how bad my team was. Yeah, I think um, ours are both equally that yeah. bad, too. So. so I think trading George Kittle and just loading up on these draft picks was a good move for me. Granted, yes, I would love to get more, but the thing is is he's a tight end, and tight ends don't garner that much value in trade talks. Except for the top of the top. Yeah. So I, I do like what I got for him, and I like how I squeezed out that f- upgrading my fourth, my fifth into that fourth. So I think that made the trade a little bit more bearable for me. Yeah, I could honestly go either way here. As you heard on our last episode, I'm a huge fan of George Kittle. But I think this price would have been just a little too rich for my blood, as we said when I traded for Doyle and said. So I would take the picks here as well. Yeah. I mean, getting a second for a tight end of his caliber is pretty nice. So Yeah. He's, he's going to be a solid tight end all the way through his career, but I don't think he's going to be anything special. Like, I don't think he's going to be like that... Jordan Reed was when he was, you know, healthy. That you have to have him. I'm not I mean, I guess it all this. depends if Garoppolo decides to use the tight end like Brady did. Yeah, but I don't know exactly what's going to happen there, and we will find out together as the <laughs> season and, progresses. Yeah, yeah, and his career progresses. Yep. Um. So the other one that I have in here that I neglected to put in here was I traded um, my 2019 first and Ty Montgomery for the suspended Mark. Ingram. Yeah, for a contender. Completely different league here. Yeah, completely different re- league here. I'm a clear contender in this league. So, um, for me, I wanted to make that trade because my running back depth, I traded for OBJ and I had to give away a lot of pieces, and I wasn't happy with my running back depth. There was a lot of question marks around him, even around Alex Collins. Um, with Kenneth Dixon coming back, I was still kind of skeptical, and I needed Alex Collins to produce. So, I didn't want to put myself in a position where Alex Collins wasn't producing and I was sitting there, you know, scrambling for a running back. So I get, went out and I took the risk on Mark Ingram and was and happy to wait his four-game suspension to have that, you know, that kind of that kind of uh, 
safety net for Alex Collins in case Kenneth Dixon does come in and steal a bunch of the workload. Yeah, I hate you. Why? <laughs> now that's making my job even harder to compete. And my team is right alongside, probably one piece behind yours now there's, because there's, of that. Yeah, there's three teams that are right there that were probably pretty upset that I made that trade. But Especially with uh, Geis tearing his ACL, and now I don't know who the hell I'm going to pick. <laughs> I'll probably still get, take Geis because I do have a great team, and he'll just add on next year. Yeah, you can't really pass him up. with If you're if you're a, a rebuilding team, even I mean, as a contender, I could see you passing up if you're missing that one piece, but you're not, like, yeah, you're not missing that one piece. That's so. what's so nice about it is I can take that top-tier talent, throw him in the IR spot, and... Wait till next year. Yep. And uh, I don't think I'll miss a step because I do have some pretty good running backs. So, and I still have the 106 where I am going to take another one. Yeah. Unless I can pair the 102 and the 106 for a stud, <laughs> which it's not looking likely. Let's get one on. Got uh, Ingram. I tried getting Devontae Freeman right afterwards. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to our depth chart studies. You know, going division by division, team by team, position by position. Players to buy low, players with potentially great trade value, players to stay away from, and finally, team positions to stay away from. This week, we're doing the AFC West, and we're going to start with the Oakland Raiders. Raider Nation. Quarterback, they got Derek Carr, EJ Manuel, and Connor Cook. Do you think Derek Carr bounces back from a very disappointing season last year? Where do you think he will rank amongst quarterbacks scoring-wise? Um, I think... Derek Carr will definitely bounce back. He has too many weapons around him with Amari Cooper, Martavis Bryant, and Jordy Nelson at wide receiver. And then you have Jared Cook at tight end, who is a consistent tight end. And then you have those two running backs that will pound the ball, take pressure off of the passing game there. So he's definitely going to bounce back here. They added all those weapons around him so that he could feel comfortable in in his comeback season here. Um, If... Where he's going to rank around uh, scoring-wise around in the quarterbacks is kind of hard to predict here. But I would, I mean, put it this way, that his performance this year is going to make him a prime target again in startup drafts for a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, very well. Good. I also expect Derek Carr to bounce back this year. I'm not sure he breaks into that quarterback one territory, though, but I think he'll be right there as a high-end quarterback, too. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, see, that was, that was the line I was flirting with, is if he could bounce into the quarterback one territory. But I don't think it's all there yet. I think that they need to add that pass catching back for him to do that, and they just don't have it. They have a bunch of bruisers there. So and Doug Martin in his heyday was catching some passes. In the whole one year. <laughs> his rookie season, actually. So, yeah. Let's move on to the running backs. We got Marshawn Lynch, Doug Martin, DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard, Chris Warren, and James Butler. We all know there will be a split between Lynch and Martin. How do you think the split will look, and who do you expect to be their passing down back? Um, yeah, I think this, the split between Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin is easily going to go on Marshawn Lynch's way. I think Doug Martin may be lucky if he walks out with 30% of the workload there. Um, and it's obviously going to increase as the season goes on and Lynch starts to wear down. But I think to start, he's going to be lucky if he gets 30%. Um, as, the, as it goes down to the passing down back, I know, I think it's going to be Jalen Rashard that's going to take that over. 
Um, I know both of those two running backs in DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard did good in that role before Doug, before uh, Marshawn Lynch came in. So it's going to be hard to decipher which one of those two is going to really seize control of that. But I think that Jalen Richard is going to be the guy. I just like his his where like how he how he works in open space better. Yeah. You know, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to break down, but I think I would rather take the way later round flyer on Doug Martin. He's going almost undrafted in startups than I would on what Marshawn has left in the tank, which is maybe this year, if he can last all year. Yeah. As for passing down work, I think it's going to be Doug getting half of it, and then when in super long situations, they'll bring in Jalen Richard. Yeah. I mean, so um, I see the split being a little closer, maybe 60-40, Marshawn to start, and then... Yeah, if we're talking said, about drafting or obtaining a guy for your roster, I'm definitely not going after Marshawn Lynch, like you said, and I think Doug Martin would be the guy that I would go after. But uh, split-wise, if you do own him and you are you know, trying to see if he can't be in your starting lineup, I'm just trying to make you aware that the I don't, I don't think, though, his workload is going to be there for the first... I want to say half the season, but it will be there towards the end as Marshawn Lynch starts to wear down like he did last year. Okay, definitely. So let's move on to the wide receivers. Amari Cooper, Jordy Nelson, Martavis Bryant, Seth Roberts, Ryan Switzer, Marcel Aitman, Johnny Holton, Dwayne Harris, Isaac Whitney, Griff Whalen, Keon Hatcher, and Saeed Blacknall. How will the wide receiver core look with the additions of Jordy and Martavis? Will Jordy play in the slot like he did in Green Bay? If you have shares of either of these two, are you buying or selling them? Uh, like I said earlier, I think Jordy and Martavis is a buy. Um, they're both buy low candidates, and they but they both have the potential to rise fast. So if you're going to act on it, you got to act on it quick. You can't wait for that one game to be like, all right, now I'm going to go try to buy him. You got to do it before that one game because when that one game happens, it's going to be too. Yeah, you're going to have to pay an uptick in price. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So I think I think Jordy's going to move into the slot, and that's why I like him so much because he did really excel here in Green Bay. Been doing that, playing that slot position. I think he's going to be pushed into the slot because of Martavis playing outside and doing those ten yard outs or Jordy's yep. bread and butter too. Yep. So I think I think if you're in a PPR league, Jordy Nelson is definitely the guy to get, and he may be the guy to get in either PPR or standard, but when Martavis goes off, he's going to vastly outweigh what Jordy does, you know, per into per game basis. Jordy is your more consistent player, but if you're looking, if you have two stud wide receivers on your team and you're looking for that one guy to go off every now and then, it's Martavis Bryant. I also do really like Jordy's potential in the red zone. He's always been a touchdown guy for the Packers. And I'm sure Derek Carr is going to be like, eh, Rodgers trusted you here, why shouldn't I? That's that's the one thing I am worried about. I do see his touchdown production going down because we can all admit that Jordy and Rodgers had something special here in Green Bay. They thought in each other's minds, especially when it came down to the red zone. I don't know if they'll have the same connection with Derek Carr. I know Derek Carr is trying to. Yeah, he's, he's sure. trying to, but I don't know. That that stuff doesn't happen in one year. That's why I'm saying. That's why I'm thinking his touchdown production may go down a little bit, but he's still definitely gonna get his touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, <laughs> everything's that's why waiting I hate to see the NFLs and waiting for it to happen is because I just want it, want to know it. I yeah, but if you're now. if you're looking speculation wise here at two, you know, wide receivers that will push you 
Let me have my time machine quick. Yeah. I'll let you guys <laughs> Yeah, know. right? That will potentially push you into the playoff, deep into the playoffs. I think it's these two guys for your flex spots. Yeah, I agree with you, and I've been buying Martavis everywhere. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. And Martavis, Trying to. Martavis' price is still slowly going down with his, with this play, playbook news. So get him while you can, because we all know that Gruden runs a hard playbook. A hard playbook to understand. So it doesn't, it's not, it's not different that someone's struggling to learn the playbook. It happens every year for, for Gruden. So buy him well, now. It's also he, been like 10 years since anyone's yeah. had to do it. <laughs> yeah. So buy now until he does start getting it and he does start, does start making plays on the field. So, because then you're not, you're just not going to get him because the, the price there is not going to benefit, not going to equal to the value that you yes. get. Yes. All right, let's move on. Tight ends: Jared Cook, Lee Smith, Derek Carrier, Farrell Brown, Marcus Baugh, and Paul Butler. You think anyone's going to push Cook for the starting job? And how productive of a season is Cook going to have in 2018? Uh, no, no one's going to push Cook for the starting job. I don't like anybody other than him on this tight end. I agree. Um, but last year, Cook had quietly had a really good year um, at for a tight end. It's a bad tight end market, so. Take it, take it what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a good good year for tight ends. I expect much like the same here. Um, I do think that uh, Carr is going to target target him a lot just because he is a bigger target and you know bigger body guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's someone if you need a tight end worth investigating and see what seeing what his price is because he will at least be consistent for you. It's not going to be. You know, he's going to score a touchdown one week and put up a zero for you the next, and watch a lot of Titans do now. Yeah, that's a pretty normal stat line week to week for a tight end yeah. nowadays. Well, like you said, I think uh, Jared Cook is the clear-cut number one tight end on the team, and I think how good of a season he has depends on how well Derek Carr bounces back. I think if Derek Carr breaks into the QB1 territory, that... Jared Cook's going to break into the tight end one category. Otherwise, I think if Derek Carr is a quarterback two, then Jared Cook is a tight end two. Yeah. That's how I see it. Yep. Especially with all the wide receivers they have, it may very well just be him being the odd man out. It could be, but I think just because Martavis Bryant in the past has proven to be so boomer bust there that I think that – when Martavis Bryant, when it's not a Martavis Bryant game, Cook's gonna be the other guy that's gonna get the ball. Like if they shut down Martavis Bryant, they're gonna look for Cook. So I think you're still gonna get that good value there. Yeah, could be right there. All right, that's all we have for the Raiders. Let's move on to the Denver Broncos. Quarterback, they got a newbie, Case Keenum. Uh, they got Paxton Lynch, who actually was just demoted to third string. Have GoFundMe page to buy him home. I know, I saw that. <laughs> and they got Chad Kelly, who is now the second string quarterback. How do you think Case Keenum will do with his new toys? And how do you think he ranks scoring wise among the other quarterbacks? Um, so Case Keenum left one one spot where he had, you know, two really good wide receivers, and he's going to a spot where he has two really good wide, proven wide receivers and one rookie wide receiver coming in that's supposed to be. You know, really good. Actually, two of them because Deshaun Hamilton's been oh yeah quietly having a great camp. It's just Sutton's has been so good. Though. Yeah, you can't you can't d- discount him, which a lot of people do. I do it myself. So, um, but I think Keenum's gonna be fine. I know watching his first preseason game, people got a little discouraged because 
they went three and out, which is kind of a regular thing in the preseason for the first string. But uh, but I think he's gonna do fine. He's gonna I think he's gonna put up better numbers than what he did last year, just because he has that little bit more wow. of weapons around him. Um, no, nothing against the Vikings, but he has three to four wide receivers here. Where there he had two. Um, but he also had uh, one of the top tight ends there. That, that is the one thing. He has to get used to not throwing to the tight end and throwing to the wide receivers because the Denver Broncos have zero tight ends. Um, but Jake Butt? Yeah. What was well, Jake Butt? Yeah. But uh, I, I think he's going to be fine if you have him. He's going to do good for you. Um, so. Yeah, um, I don't quite agree with you. I do think Case Keenum will be the much-needed quarterback that the Broncos have needed for the past couple of years. But I see him more as a more of a game manager than anything and I don't think that just because he will be good for the Broncos that he will necessarily be a reliable fantasy quarterback I think he's going to have some big weeks and then he's going to have some bad weeks he's not going to be all all there always a guy that you're going to always want to start see I, I mean I don't I don't necessarily see that way because if they want to move Demarius Thomas was being talked about moving into the slot for him I think that would be the perfect move for him because it'll give him a big, reliable target going over the middle, and then you have your speedy Sanders and your rookie and Sutton on the outsides. I I just I just don't see how you look at all those uh, those three wide receivers, there's those four with Deshaun Hamilton, and say that he's not going to be a productive quarterback. You could say the same thing with Eli. Yeah, I mean you could, but. Or but Case 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 Keenum proved it last year that he can be a sustainable quarterback. Yeah, but he had just was in the right situation that he needed to be in. I mean, you could say that, but you could say that about a lot of people too. So, I mean, that's how it is. It look at uh, Case Keenum with the Rams, and look at him last year. Situation. I don't know. Keenum played for Jeff Fisher. Yeah, I know. Look but at, look still, at I'm Todd saying, Gurley with the Rams with Jeff Fisher. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look <laughs> at the right situation. It could be that. I don't know if the Broncos are the right situation. I mean, but you put enough weapons there and he's going to succeed. That's just the thing. I also don't think he has to be great for the Broncos to win games, so I don't think they're going to rely on him as much as they did last year, even um, though they didn't really use him, rely on him that much, except for in their when their defense decided to not show up. Yeah. All right. Anyways, let's move on to the running backs. We got Devontae Booker, Royce Freeman, D'Angelo Henderson, David Williams, and Philip Lindsay. News coming out of the first week of camp is that Freeman looks head over heels better than Booker. Will he come out of camp getting majority of the carries in this running back by committee? Um, I'm actually leaning more towards that Royce Freeman is going to be more of the bulk carrier in this committee here. Because if you look, watch his first preseason game, it wasn't anything anything that great. But you really, especially on one run, got to see how good his vision was. All right, um, and we said it before: Royce Freeman isn't anything special. Yeah, he doesn't do any one thing great. He yes. does everything. Yes. Above the only average. the only thing that's really special about his game and what we compared him to is his vision. And just like Jonathan Stewart, he had. Really good vision coming out of college. Yeah, we said that off so, quite a few episodes. Back. So yeah, I, I think I think his vision will push him into getting majority of the workload here, just because he's going to get every possible yard that's there. Well, you also have Devonte Booker who has an alley and runs into the ass of a lineman. So yeah, I mean that. Happens. But yeah, I, 
I agree. I think Freeman will be the starter. Booker will be the pass catcher. This isn't really a backfield that I'm looking to buy into, though, because I'm not a huge fan of either Freeman or Booker. Yeah. I think the Freeman hype has gone through the window since he got drafted there, too. Oh, yeah. It definitely rose way too far than what I should have. Um, talking about pass catches, though, keep an eye on um, Philip Lindsay through the rest of this preseason because especially in the first preseason game, he looked like the best pass catching back in their backfield. Over D'Angelo Henderson? Yes. I didn't watch it, so. So, um, he definitely ha- he has the burst that no other running back catching the ball has, and he just looked really good coming out of the backfield and catching passes for him. So, just, just keep him on your watch list there. Don't do anything drastic like pick him up yet because he still has to try to make the team. Yeah, he's still the <laughs> fifth running back but, on the roster right But now. he has a lot of good things going with him. They, said, they even said that he is their best special teams gunner. So... All signs are pointing that he's going to make the team, but you got to just play it cool and just keep an eye on him. Temper expectations. Yeah. All right. On to wide receivers. We got Demarius only winners get wings. Thomas, Manny Sanders, Corlin Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Jordan Taylor, Isaiah McKenzie, Jordan Leslie, River Craft. Yeah. Wow, that's an odd name. Yeah. Tim Patrick, John Diars, Kenny Bell, Mark Chapman, and Corey Brown. How is this wide receiver group going to look when it's on the field? Is Sutton the odd man out year one? And how long do the old guys, DT and uh, Manny Sanders, have in Denver? Um, one, one of these older guys is going to leave at the end of this year. They're not going to keep both of them around, especially with the rookies that they just got. Um, and like I said, when we were talking about Case Keenum, I fully expect either Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders to move into the slot there so they can put Cortland Sutton on the outside or Deshaun Hamilton, whoever wins the job, because between them it's kind of up for grabs. But um, I do like Emmanuel Sanders to be on the outside there, so I do expect that that's how it's going to look. Um, and I think the odd man out there, it was for, at least for the first year, is going to be Deshaun. Okay, so we were talking three there? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can see that too. Like uh, I said earlier, reports have been saying that Sutton's been turning heads in camp, and they've been saying the same thing about Deshaun, just in smaller text. (laughs) (laughs) So people didn't see it, because it's all Sutton hype. Yeah. Um, And he's a freak, honestly. We've talked about it going way back. I do, however, think that with Sanders and Thomas there, that he is maybe the third receiver there. It depends who they're putting in the slot. I know it's not going to be him, so if they have another guy on their roster, like Jordan Taylor, if he's a slot guy, I don't know. Maybe they'd prefer to have Sean Hamilton can even go on the slot. Is he a slot guy? Because I know he's one of those field stretchers. Yeah, I think he could probably play a slot there too as well. Um, But it's going to be difficult because this, this, this wide receiver group can really play out anyway. Um, they they may put that vet in the slot there, like uh, Emmanuel Sanders or Demarius Thomas, or they may kick Sutton out for one year and put like Deshaun Hamilton or someone else. Yeah, whoever they see is a true slot guy. Yeah, but uh, I'm also with you. One of Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders is gone after this season. Oh yeah. There's, there's, they just can't keep both of them, especially with the upgrades that they made at the wide receiver position. It's not possible. Yes. But I do, however, think it's only one, and they don't get rid of both. Yeah. Um, I know I know there was a lot of talks that they may get rid of both, and I'm leaning towards 
um, that they're going to get rid of Demarius Thomas and keep Emmanuel Sanders because he has been a lot more productive than Demarius Thomas in the past. Ooh, I disagree there. DT had was it four straight years of over, over 85 catches? Yeah, but recently, Emmanuel Sanders has been better. And so what have you done for me now, league? Uh, now what have you done for me four years I'd ago? I'd be curious to look that up. But we have to move on to the tight ends. Maybe while you're talking and I'm not listening, I'll uh, look it up and yeah, compare. Yeah, you never listen to me anyways. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the tight ends. We got Jeff Hoyerman, Jake Butt, Austin Trailer, Troy Fumagalli, Matt LaCasa, and Brian Parker. No one is going to know who will come out of camp as the starter, but what would your educated guess be? And would you bind the young guys like uh, Button and Fumagalli? All right, first things first is not buying anybody here. <laughs> I'm leaving this alone when it's proven and someone cashes out on it for maybe a year before they decide to upgrade it. You know, they cash out on it. I'm, I'm good with that. But if there is gonna be, if I am gonna pick a starter here, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be Bud just because he was there, and even at that, he was there, but he was just there. He wasn't doing anything. <laughs> like he was hurt, so, um, it's real. It's a real toss up, and I'm staying away from. I looked it up. The stats between the two. Yeah. DT had almost double the yards and over double the touchdowns as Emmanuel Sanders last year. Nah, uh, Manuel Sanders had 555 yards and two touchdowns. DT had 950 and five. Well, it must just be the games that I've been watching then. <laughs> All right. But my take on this, I ultimately think that Jake Butt wins the job, like you said. I'm hoping for Fumagalli, though, because, I mean, we both saw how good he was in college, and I think his game translates pretty well to the NFL. So I think if he's given the right amount of chances, he could – potentially run away with that but it may take a season or two before that happens because you know that's how tight ends work in this league all right we will move on to the chargers then yep 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 so at quarterback the chargers at philip rivers geno smith cardell jones and nick shimonic how many years do you think philip rivers has left and is his potential replacement on the team or will they go out and draft someone they're going to go and draft someone um, coming up here pretty quick here. But I still think Peters has a good amount of years in him, uh, maybe three, four. amount of years left in him um, as a solid producer for fantasy-wise. Um, he may play more, but he's he's getting up there. I don't know if he's at his exact age, but... He's about the same age as Eli, and yeah. look how shitty Eli is. Yeah, and so how good P. Rives has been playing. Yeah, I would, I would give him another three years. Um... So that's a, that's a good amount of time if they went on and drafted someone and started building them up for the future there. Um, next year would be a good time for them to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, that could happen. But I honestly think Rivers is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league right now and could see him playing for in upwards of four to five more years yet. The Chargers are an up-and-coming team defensively. They've got some young weapons and a good running back on offense. And uh, I think they just need to put it all together here. And it, but if they do start falling off, and, you know, injuries derail the Chargers every year. They're always screwed by injuries. Yeah. That uh, if they end up falling off and getting that top ten pick, that's when they'll take quarterback of the future. If not, I think they're 
content. Just gonna wait, wait it yeah. out. I think they'll be until Pyrrhus' arm falls off and is no longer usable. <laughs> That's probably what's gonna happen with him too. Like I literally looks like he can go forever. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think he's one of the most underrated in the league. Let's move on to running backs here. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Russell Hansbro, and Detrez Newsom. Who do you think will be the receiving back behind Melvin Gordon? How many running back one years does Gordon have left in the tank? Um, yeah, I, I honestly think that the running back, at least this year, behind Melvin Gordon is still going to be Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. I want it to be Justin Jackson just because the new guy in town, I you know, you want the new guy in town to obviously be there because you can easily get him. But I think looking at it now and looking at how Austin Eckler did in their preseason game, I think it's leaning towards him and being that guy behind him. Eckler has shown when he gets in the game that he's not trash. At least yeah. he's solid. He's a he's a yeah he's a good com- contributor for the team for for the team and sometimes in fantasy purposes. But yeah, and I also think if Melvin were to go down, if they were to give one of those guys the work, that that guy could get similar production, maybe not quite as great. Because, you know, Melvin's been pretty average. It's just that he's been given so much work that he's had great fantasy numbers, and that's why. But I think, uh, yeah, I I agree with you that Eckler has probably got the edge as of now, unless Justin Jackson puts together three great preseason games or something. I mean, there's all year to decide this, uh, too. So um, Justin Jackson will eventually... Yeah, at least get in the game. Yeah, I mean, I'd still uh, be trying to take him in the end of the third, early fourth, yeah, and hope that next year. Fourth for him. But, I mean, it depends on the size of the yeah. league, really. Yeah. All right. Wide receiver time. We got Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, Jeremy Davis, Dylan Cantrell, Artavis Scott, J.J. Jones, Justice Liggins, and Nelson Spruce. Who do you think will start opposite of Keenan? And do you think Tyrell Williams will be forced to play the slot? Yeah, I think I think that's actually exactly how it's going to work out where Tyrell Williams is going to be that big slot guy, and then they're going to have Mike Williams play the other, the, outside. The other outside wide receiver position there. And I think it's going to work out good for him um, because they can't put the other focus on one wide receiver because if you put all your focus on, um, on Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams will kill you in the slot. And if you put all your focus on Tyrell Williams, well, you know, Keelan Allen, like PBR monsters. So. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that uh, what will work best for the Chargers and what they have done quite a bit in the past is actually put Keenan into the slot and have the big guys on the outside. That way, unless they have like one of the top nickel corners, the he's facing their third best cornerback. Yeah, I can see that. Where Keenan just wreaks havoc all over that guy and catches 12 balls for 120 yards and two touchdowns like yeah. he did a couple times last year. Yeah, I could easily see that too. So, And yeah, I, I do agree with you that the top three will be both the Williams and Keenan though. Travis Benjamin, odd man out. Sorry, bud. He may he may not even make the roster. Really? He may, he, I, think he would, I think he's too good at special th- yeah, teams. That, that, may, that may be what saves him, but for a wide receiver standpoint, he's not going to get on the field a lot. He did have a couple of big games the last couple of years, so I don't know. It's it's weird. But that's that Chargers offense. They're high-powered, yeah. and when they're clicking, they're clicking, and anyone can score a boatload of points. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to tight end where they are kind of screwed. 
They got Virgil Rest Green, peace, Hunter Henry. Sean Culkin, Braden Bowman, Cole Hunt, Austin Robertson at the very bottom, Hunter Henry. Yep. Sitting there on IR, <laughs> chilling with the cooler. Obviously, the he's the guy to own here, just so you know. If you can get a good deal on him, take him and stash him. Yep. If not, you probably don't want to play a single one of these tight ends. If he's on, if he's on a contender, they're most likely trying to move him to make room for a guy, another tight end, that so they can still make that push this year. So you can pounce there. But if he's on someone that's rebuilding, I think they're just gonna yeah, work. they're gonna hold. Yeah. But I mean, everyone wants to know what's gonna happen with the tight end position for the Chargers. Do you think Virgil Green will be the guy? Um. Sadly, yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's there right now. He's their only option. If they really wanted to resign Antonio Gates, they would have resigned to Antonio Gates already. You don't know that. Um, what if Antonio Gates is like, I want to come back, but I don't want to do training camp? Then they would have resigned Antonio Gates, and he wouldn't have done training camp. Nah, <laughs> that's he'll be the like, thing. He'll say, "Hey, I'm going to sign the week before." That, um, and that's what I think is going to happen. But I, Virgil Green is going to be the guy unless they do for some reason sign Antonio Gates. But I just think if they wanted to, they would have done it already. Huh. All right. Well, I guess we will find out. Once again, let me hop in my time machine yeah. quick. Go find out for us. <laughs> oh, yeah, just back. Antonio Gates, he's playing seven years from now. So oh, yeah? <laughs> yep. <laughs> in a fucking wheelchair or what? Yep. Hunter Henry never recovered from that ACL injury. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the Kansas City Chiefs at quarterback. New guy in town. Well, I guess not new in town because he was there last year. New starter in town, Patrick Mahomes. Backup, Chad Henney, Matt McGloin, and Chase Litton. The shaky lit. Tin. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How do you think uh, Patrick Mahomes will fare in his first year? Good old Patty. Yeah. Um, all, all the reports coming out of camp is that he is – having an interception-filled camp here, which really is not that surprising for me just by looking at his play style and looking at who he was compared to coming out and Brett Favre. the gunslinger? (laughs) He's going to have a lot of interceptions. That's just what's going to happen. The good thing is is he is with a coach that knows how to work with a guy that, you know, a gunslinger, Andy Reid, worked with Brett Favre. It worked out fairly well for both of them. Yes. So uh, he he does know how to, you know, hone all that in. But, I mean, this this guy, he's going for a good price now, but at the start of the season, you may get him at a little bit of discount just because those interceptions are so unsexy for fantasy mm-hmm. owners that you may get him at a good price, and he's going to be a good fantasy quarterback going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's his first full season starting. There's going to be ups and downs all throughout exactly. the season, and he has the weapons around him to be a great fantasy quarterback. Even if he's not a great NFL quarterback, honestly, if you look at Blake Bortles of the past, just chucking the rock and scoring touchdowns, even though he has four touchdowns and three picks, he's still getting those extra few points unless you're in a league where you have negative four points for an interception, then that may kind of screw you, but <laughs> yeah, Bortles was a top ten, top five quarterback two years in a row. I, I Last mean, year he was, he was borderline quarterback one so yeah that's surprising i hate play portals <laughs> <laughs> but like i said for him to be a very solid fantasy quarterback he doesn't have to be a great nfl quarterback exactly so even if he has his struggles 
he could still be very usable in fantasy. Exactly. Okay, let's move on to the running backs. We got uh, Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware, Damian Williams, Sherkandrick West, Kerwin Williams, Daryl Williams, Algernon Brown, and J.D. Moore. This is a big question here. How many carries will Ware steal, or touches, I'm going to say touches. Mm-hmm. How many touches do you think Ware steals from Hunt this year? Will Hunt put up the same numbers that he did last year? And who all makes the team from this running back group this year? Um, yeah, this is a hard one just because we're coming back from an injury um, and Kareem Hunt standing out next year. A lot of people don't want to believe that Ware will steal a lot of touches for him. But we all know Reed loves to use two, two backs. And even if fantasy owners or regular fans don't want, want, don't want to see that for production-wise, he's going to do it because he did it last year. When they had no one behind Kareem, Kareem Hunt, they still use someone to, you yeah. know. Jark Andrew. Yeah. They still use someone instead of Kareem Hunt. So, so where is going to steal touches? And I think it's going to be closer to a 50-50 ro- workload than a lot of people are expecting. Wow, you came in and stole my thunder. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I was just about to say, I think I'm in the minority here. Actually, I know I am. But Spencer Ware was a very capable back before Hunt arrived. And even when Hunt did arrive, Ware was the projected starter throughout the season. Hunt was just projected to get speckled in here and there. And I don't... Right here. I think Ware does steal almost half of Hunt's work. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) 50-50. And I think people who take Hunt early may regret it by season's end. Then again, we could be the ones missing out because... Yeah, we did. Hunt has a big year, yeah. but he's also going too high for my blood anyways. There's a couple running backs going after him that I like more that I'll wait on. Yeah, exactly. So to finish off this question, do you just want to do this together? What? Who's how make how many team? do you think are going to take? Um, I think one, two. I got three. three. I think three make the team. Uh, one, two. I got four. All right, so obviously Hunt, where? Who's yeah. your third? I'm going to have... I'm just going to have Damian Williams just squeeze in there on yeah, the Harris fucking chin, well. and I have Charkhandrick West in. See, if I were to pick a fourth, I think I'd pick Kerwin because he's more of your pass-catching guy. Yeah. But I, th- I think that's how it's going to work out, just because they, I don't think they want to scramble if injuries do hit their running back room, where if they keep four and those four guys, they'll always have the guy there, and they can plot out who they want to bring on if, you know, two guys went down. Yes. You know. Yeah. Uh, I still lean towards three just because they really like Hunt and Ware that they're not going to really care who the fourth guy is. Yeah. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. We got Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson, Jayuch Shasson, DeAnthony Thomas, Marcus Kemp, Garrick Dieter, Daniel Braveman, Byron Pringle, Jordan Smallwood, and Josh Crockett. How will Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins coexist? And what does this do to their fantasy impact? Yeah, the way I look at this is one of these wide receivers will have a big week, and one of these wide receivers will have a low week, and that's going to be their occurrence throughout the course of the season. They're both big-time threats. Um, They both can stress the field very well. And I guess if I'm out here looking at these wide receivers, I'm looking at Sammy Watkins because I think he's a more complete wide receiver out of the two. But I still think 
Sammy Sammy Watkins has the higher floor, so I'm going to take him. But I think if Sammy Watkins doesn't go off one one week, it's going to be Tyreek Hill. Well, Tyreek Hill can also score from anywhere on the field, as we saw it. I don't remember what game that was, but it was right before halftime, and they just lobbed it up to him like 30 yards short of the end zone. He just ran his way in with pretty much jogged into someone's full sprint into the end zone. (laughs) Right past them all because he kicked into that next gear, and everyone's like, oh, wasn't expecting him to do that. Yeah, they were playing playing the Cowboys. Yeah, it was the Cowboys, wasn't it? All right, um, here's another spot a lot of people aren't going to want to agree with me on which you kind of just did again, so <laughs> thanks for stealing my thunder. But you also know I'm a Sammy Watkins guy. I've yeah. always been a believer in him. I think Sammy Watkins is going to be used in every possible way, and I think he'll end up outscoring Tyreek this year. And d- like I said, don't get me wrong, Tyreek is the definition of a freak athlete. I just don't know if Mahomes is the guy that can make a small receiver as efficient as he was last year. He only had 102 targets last year. 77 catches, I think it was. So he's catching roughly 80% of his... Or no, less than that. It's like 75% of the passes thrown to him. So I don't know about that. I think Sammy gets that those extra boost targets and... Whew, smooth sailing. <laughs> I don't see it smooth sailing, but I can see it. Yeah. I mean, I can see him having a solid year, but I still think it's going to go more like what I'm saying. Like, I still think he's going to have Yeah, I know. I know, I know one of these guys is going to be frustrating because one of these guys is going to put up a lot of points, the other guy's not. And for both of them to actually, uh, what am I thinking of, be a value for their draft spot, they're going to have to be like the best passing offense in the league. Yeah. Especially once we get to tight ends and talk about <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Demetrius Harris, Jason Merrow, Timothy Wright, Alex Ellis, and Blake Mack. Do you expect a rise or fall in production in Kelsey because of Mahomes being the quarterback? And are you buying or selling? Um, I, I think it's safe to say that his production is going to dip a little bit. But I don't think it's going to be... I think is. Value is going to be pretty much safe. I think he's going to work as that safety net for um, Mahomes. That if there's two deep threats can't do anything, like they aren't open, Kelsey's going to be the guy that is going to get get the ball. And that's the way it's going to be. His touchdowns is what is going to make his his point to- total go down here. Because I don't think he's going to be targeted as much in that zone because you have two outside wide receivers that you can't focus on. Or them. they're just scoring from farther out yeah. because of Mahomes' giant arm. That, that That is a very good possibility as well. So you are going to see a dip, but I still think he's going to be the, one of the best top fantasy titans to have still. So, you know, he's, he's still a guy that you're going to try to buy. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I think Kelsey regresses a little bit. Not a lot, but... In the touchdown category. It's nothing to make you pull your hair out and trade him for peanuts. It's not going to be that. And I think the main reason is just because Mahomes has that big arm, he's going to want to squeeze it outside and throw it outside the hashes instead of down the seams. Unless Kelsey's just burning down the field, down the seam, then he might be like, oh, I can chuck it deep down the middle. (laughs) I mean, they do run the West Coast, though, I believe. I I think Andy Reid's a West Coast guy, um, system guy. So they do like to send their tight ends up to seams a lot. So I could see that happening, too. Yes. 
All right, so uh, looking at this roster, does having a rookie quarterback scare you as a fantasy owner? Seems like this offense should be a high-powered one, but how many fantasy producers can owners expect? Are you buying or selling the guys on the team? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not really worried about Mahomes. I wouldn't throw him out as my everyday starter year one, I don't think. I think I, I would have him sit on my bench, and if I had a viable quarterback, you know, let him prove it to me that he's going to be good before I put him out there. Um, I may miss out on a couple games there, but, you know, that's that's whatever. I have, I have a safe quarterback ahead of him. Um, here, I think, I mean, it's going to be a high-powered offense. You're not going to be able to support all three of those targets on a weekly basis. It's well plus running back. So yeah, in my eyes, that's that's not that's just not possible. So like I said, it, the only way this is this is going to exist well for for fantasy produ- production here is the way I said about it earlier. You know, one one wide receiver. I think one wide the wide receiver is going to flip off being the best in fantasy production. But I think you're, you're consistent is going to be Kelsey, and I think he's going to be consistent for the most year, most mostly through the whole year. Um. But I, I mean, if I'm if I'm buying someone, I'm just trying to think about this because I don't like what I wrote down. If I'm buying something, someone, I'm just gonna be I'm gonna, I'm gonna be you're flip flopping off my dude. I am gonna be pitter patter. I am gonna be buying Sammy Watkins and Kelsey. Okay. Um, I'll buy those two because I think they're the most consistent guys. But I think I would be selling Tyree Kill because I think he's gonna be too boomer bust this. Well, he's also like. Almost a second rounder in a startup, so he's also got the most value right now too. You could get the most out of him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not afraid of any of these guys here. Um, the only guy I'm really afraid of is Cream Hunt, because of what we said before. And I am a bigger believer in Sammy Watkins with his ADP in the fifth, sixth, seventh round compared to Tyree Kill in the late second, early third. So I think those would be my sells. And uh, I think. We're done. That's it. That was one of our quicker ones. The quickest, the quickest uh, depth or depth chart breakdown. That's for 54 sure. Fifty-four minutes. Yeah, we're usually pushing hour twenty. So yeah, um, that was good. But this one, this one was very cut and dry. Like there was no real debates like we had in, in our last one, where we were debating on you know George Kittle and yep. if it, if he can be productive. There was no Gerald real, Everett. Yeah, yeah there's no big debates here. It's really. This division is a good division to really buy into because you know who's going to produce. Yes. There's no real questions about it. Yep, I agree completely. So with that, next week we'll, we will be on the AFC North Yes, we're going to go on to the NFC North yep, Packers. We're, we're switching it up because we want to end with our favorite team and our favorite division in the NFC North. So um, we'll be doing favorite that. Favorite division, just the Packers. Actually, the other three suck ass. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be doing the AFC North. We'll do that on... Thursday, uh, Thursday or Friday, somewhere around there. And then before we go to the NFC North, we're going to be doing our uh, training camp battles episode. Yes. So we're going to be talking about all the training camp battles and what we see watching the preseason games and what we think, I mean, who we think is going to win. Yes. And it's going to be more fantasy productive that way. Or just our favorite battles in general. Yes. Like the Packers, number three wide receiver. Who's oh, it going to be? That thing's heating up. There's three wide receivers in the race. Like I said before, my my... Top two are MVS and ESB. Both so. over Allison, huh? Well, see, that's right, why I right, 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 right below Allison. Allison. Um, I know, I know, Cameron. I was getting a lot of hype now, but 
he's been bouncing. You know, we'll get into yeah, yeah we'll get into that later. But he's been bouncing around, so I, I'm not bouncing a big fan around, of him. bouncing around. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, you know where to find us. The Dynasty Tailgate, basically everywhere now. So that's pretty cool. Uh, find us on Twitter. I'm at tailgater underscore Mitch. BJ's at tailgater underscore BJ. And that's it. Yep. Yes. Yep. yep. All right, guys. Have a good week and couple days uh, before yeah. you listen to our next one. And we'll be back on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Maybe Sunday. Never know. Well, probably Thursday, or Friday. And <laughs> see you guys. Saturday. <laughs> see ya.